want to minister an Easter message, and I'm glad that the message this morning is on the resurrection because I want to preach on the resurrection. And I want to preach out of John chapter 11. And I know you use that on your bulletin. But I want to talk about when God isn't right on time. When God isn't right on time. And I got a question for you this morning. Has there ever been a time in your life that God didn't show up at the right moment? When you think he should have shown up, but he didn't at that time. A time when you needed him, when you waited for him, and nothing happened. It's happened to me, and it's happened to a lot of people I know. I've known people who prayed for God to save their marriage. Come on, saints. They prayed, they waited, the marriage failed. I've known people who prayed and prayed for God to heal their loved one. They prayed, they waited, but the healing never came. I've known people who prayed and prayed for a job or a promotion or a financial need or an emotional need. They prayed, they waited, but the right answer didn't arrive at what seemed to be the right time. So how do we respond to that when that happens to your life? Some people decide then and there to just give up on Christianity. They say, in effect, if God won't give me exactly what I want, how I want it, when I want it, then I just won't believe in him. I'll just leave him. Now, we know that most believers really don't do that. Some believers, when it appears that God has missed a deadline, they just say, okay, I guess it's not your will. It's just not your will. I guess you have more things to worry about. I guess I shouldn't have asked. I guess I just didn't deserve it. Saints, there have been times in my life when things don't go exactly the way I wanted them to, when the answer I was seeking didn't come in the hour I was seeking it, but I have learned something remarkable over the years. Even when it seemed like it was over, it still wasn't quite over. Even when God didn't show up on time, he still showed up. And I've learned that when God doesn't show up on time, what happens next is better than I can, could have imagined could have happened. Today we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And this morning, we will celebrate his resurrection by looking at another resurrection in John chapter 11 the story of Jesus' friend, Lazarus. 
Now, this is a story in which God did not show up on time. During his ministry on earth, Jesus had three very close friends that he liked to visit from time to time. Three people that the Bible says he loved dearly. He loved these three people. Two sisters and a brother. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And while Jesus is traveling with his disciples, he receives a message that Lazarus, his best friend, the one that he loved dearly, is sick. When Jesus heard the news, he does something a little bit out of character. He did nothing. Jesus did absolutely nothing. He waited. And he simply said to his disciples, in chapter 11, verse 4, this sickness will not end in death. And he stayed where he was for two more days. He doesn't leave with his disciples. And when he and his disciples finally leave and they arrive in Bethany, Lazarus died. He died even though Jesus said, this sickness won't end in death. Lazarus was dead. And his sisters were heartbroken. He's dead. Now the Bible says in John chapter 11, in verses 20 to 27, I'm going to read it out of the NIV. This is what it says. Starting at verse 20. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who what? Believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you, what? Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come in the world. Now, I believe something very important happened in Martha's heart at that very moment. Something touched Martha, and you know what happened? She got in on something. She got in on the miracle. Something touched her, and she got in on the miracle. She went from thinking that Jesus had missed out on the situation to believing that Jesus was the master of the situation, 
that he was in control, that he knew what he was doing, that everything was going to be okay, that everything was going to be fine. Now, she didn't know what Jesus was about to do, but she knew Jesus. And when she knew Jesus, she put her trust in Jesus. So today I'm guessing that there may be some people here who find yourselves in Martha's shoes. You find yourself thinking, where were you if only you had been here, you could have done something. You have the power to change this situation. I know you have the power, but where were you? Where were you when I went through this situation? If this question is what you have been asking God, I know that Jesus' response would be the same words that he spoke to Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Then he would say to you, as he said to his dear friend, do you believe this? What would your answer be? Today I want to look more closely at the words that Jesus spoke. These words are more than just an inspirational phrase, more than just words of comfort that are spoken at funerals. These are words on which you can build your life and base your faith on. Even when things don't go the way you hoped they would or thought they would, these words spoken in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, are words that you can sustain, that can sustain you and even propel you forward during difficult days. This verse, these verses, point us to one great, powerful, life-changing principle. The principle of which Easter Sunday and every Sunday, for that matter, is based on. That principle is that Jesus has power over death and life. He is more powerful than any problem you will ever face. There is no situation you can't endure, no reversal you can't experience that Jesus cannot resolve. This is the promise of Scripture, and it is the experience of millions and millions of believers throughout history. And personally, it's my experience also. Because I have been through with Jesus' where were you experiences. Experiences that I cannot count how many they are. And every time the end result was the same. God's solution to the situation was greater than anything I ever could have imagined. And each and every time, it is always worth the wait. I remember years ago, 
some 30-something years ago when my daughter could never get pregnant. We prayed and prayed and prayed. She lost one. She lost two. She lost three. Then the last one, I picked her out of my bed, blood all over, she lost four. He said, no, never gonna, but we prayed and prayed and prayed. I was a associate pastor at a church in New York, and the church prayed, and we prayed, and she got pregnant. And today, I got a, how old is she, 30? How old is more, Jessica? 30. 30 30-year-old lawyer. God showed up on time. Amen? He showed up on time. So this morning, I want to talk about some truths. I won't say truths. So, so tr- truths, I try, try not to say it. So truths that we need to keep in mind during these seasons in which you feel like you're waiting for Jesus to arrive. The first thing I want you to see is this. The resurrection power of Jesus means there there will still be death to overcome. Amen? There will be some death to overcome. Here's a very simple and basic principle. You can't experience resurrection power without a death. There is an idea that rests in the back of many of our minds that says, if God is real, if Christianity is true, if Jesus is really all-powerful, then my life should be a perpetual picnic. And if not, then I guess that means I can't depend on God. Saints, the power of the resurrection doesn't mean that you get to coast to life without any turbulence. There will be turbulence. There will be setbacks. There will be some defeats and even some deaths. But you can't experience the power of the resurrection until you have first experience the pain of death. Now, I'm not just talking about when this naturalist, natural life comes to an end. I'm talking about the many deaths we endure in the course of life. The death of a relationship. The death of a dream. The death of a job or the death of a career. You see, we are not immune to death. We can't avoid it, but through the power of Christ, we can overcome it. Jesus said, I am the resurrection, even before he went to Calvary. He is the resurrection and the life, but he still had a death to endure and a grave to conquer. 
But I want you to know that the challenges that you are to face today and the challenges that are coming, that are coming your way, do not diminish God's power. But if you let them, they can be used to demonstrate God's power. Saints, don't make the mistake of thinking that just because Lazarus is dead, that Jesus missed the opportunity to do something about it. In a very real sense, there's death that we endure unnecessary in order for us to experience God's resurrection power. There will always be death to overcome. There will always be some disappointments that we need to overcome. There will always be some relationships that, we, that will come to death that we need to overcome. But thank God we know the one who overcame death once and for all. Number two, the resurrection power of Jesus means that even in the midst of death, God can create life. He said this in verse 25. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Now, Lazarus had died a physical death. But Jesus was talking about much more than physical death here. We know that his words apply to eternal life in heaven, but if that was the only point Jesus needed to make, he could have left Lazarus where he was. He didn't have to make any other point. He wanted to demonstrate that in this life, in the here and now, even in the midst of death, we can experience new life. And he showed us that his power is about more than the sweet by and by when he stood outside the grave and shouted, Lazarus, come forth. It doesn't matter how dead something appears to be, God can still make life come out of it. You see, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, Lazarus had already been laid in the grave. He had been there for four days. He was dead as dead could be. That situation could be as dead as dead could be. His body had already started to decay. Jesus told the waterers to roll back the stone. That covered the tomb. I want, to, I want you to move it away. Martha said, no, don't do that. He stinketh. He stinks. He's dead. He's rotten. Everyone there was focused on how completely dead Lazarus was. Not Jesus. He was thinking about how alive Lazarus would soon be. He performed this miracle at Bethany so that today, over 2,000 years later, we can see that same kind of power at work in our lives. It doesn't matter how dead your situation seems to be. It doesn't matter how much it stinks. 
God could still bring life into that situation this morning. And you're never going to know how it's going to be done. I've known couples, come on, saints, whose marriage was long dead and rotting in the ground without a single spark of life remaining. But God was somehow able to bring that marriage back to life. My sister was married for 30 years. She got divorced another 25. She's still married now back to her husband. After they remarried again, and they got divorced, they got married again. God. Let me tell you something. God's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. I've known people whose marriage wasn't saved, whose spouse moved out, married someone else, forever eliminated the chance of reconciliation. Again and again, I've seen how God is able to breathe new life into a broken situation, to remove the pain of the past and give them a new and bright and meaningful future. Just because your situation is dead today doesn't mean that it will be dead forever. Even though you die, you could still live. And it doesn't matter how dead you may be, you could still experience new life in God. Amen? That brings me to my third and last point there this morning. The resurrection power of Jesus means that the overcoming life is yours for the asking. Jesus said in verse 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Now, the last few weeks, I've been meditating on these words. And I've been asking myself, what does he mean by today? What does he mean? In this verse, Jesus is being a little poetic when he says, in effect, he who dies will live, and he who lives will never die. Being poetic. But he's not just turning a phrase to be clever. He's trying to teach us something. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Now, is he talking about physical death? Obviously not. Our, our bodies eventually will die. Even Lazarus died again. Was Jesus talking about eternal life in heaven? I believe that's part of it. But not all of it. When Jesus said, He who lives and believes in me will never die. He was talking not about physical death, but he was talking about this life and its connection to eternal life. Just a few verses before that, 
This story began by Jesus saying in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. King James Version says it may have life more abundantly. He said that the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But he came came so his followers would have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus promised his followers a victorious, overcoming life. Not one day, but today. Not someday, but this day. Jesus doesn't ask you to wait until the roll is called up yonder, yonder before you can experience the fullness of his power in your life. You can experience Jesus' power now, and you can live every day in his resurrection power until the day that you receive that final promotion and are called to his eternal home in heaven. We live an overcoming life because of this day. I want you to understand that eternal life doesn't begin only when you cross the chilly Jordan. It begins now. His power begins now. You will face problems in this life. You will face setbacks. You'll get knocked down from time to time. And death will come at you from every direction. And you will overcome because he who lives and believes in me will never die. You can live, saints, your life on this earth victoriously with a shout of triumph. You can go home to live with Jesus for all eternity. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He was was talking about heaven, but not just heaven. Heaven may be for real, but it's not all there is to the Christian life. The Christian life is meant to live in victory every day, 24-7. We need to live in victory with the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. After Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, he then asked her a simple question. Do you believe? Martha didn't know what Jesus planned to do. I'm sure she could have, couldn't have imagined something so spectacular as Lazarus coming out of the tomb. But she almost could. Before Jesus asked her if she believed, she spoke a very beautiful phrase that revealed the attitude of her heart. She said this in verse 25, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. She had a right heart. 
Then she answered his question in verse 27. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was and is to come into the world. At that moment, she not only put her faith in Jesus, she put her trust in him also. See, there's a subtle difference here. It's one thing to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Isn't it? It's one thing to believe. How many of you all believe that Jesus is the Son of God? But the other thing is, do we trust him with the outcome of our situation? Or do we revert back to the stinking thinking that's in between our ears? Do we trust him? However, when you put your situation fully in his hands, I guarantee you this. His solution to your situation will be better than anything you could ever have imagined. And so, saints, if you're waiting on God and he seems to have missed his deadline, I want to remind you that it's not over. He's on his way. He's on his way. Maybe your situation seems to be a des, as dead as it can be. Just boom, dead. Maybe even to the point that it's thinking. It's dead. But it's not over. He's on his way. Soon he will be calling your name. Come forth. Come out of the grave of sin and defeat and despair and hopelessness, and step into God's resurrection power. Give them some praise this morning.